What's up, everyone? Thanks for listening to the Whatcast. We hope you're doing good. Mike, do my ears deceive me, or do you have yet another goblin story for us? Uh, nope. They do not deceive you. I do, in fact, have another goblin story to share this week. It's fucking raining goblins. Yeah. This this is a different type of goblin, though. This is not a really super big-eared, floaty, long-armed goblin thing. Not to your uh, cryptozoological fucking goblin. Uh, more no, this this is not a gremlin. This is this, to to me this this story seems more like a, a fairy story than anything. But it was preceded by a UFO sighting, so you know maybe maybe there's more to it, or maybe aliens as fairies, yo. <laughs> so we we haven't really done a deep dive into into uh puerto rican weirdness and and i think that that we should start looking into more of the weird shit that goes on there yeah i'm way down i mean we we've have have we even done an episode we had to have done an episode on the the chupacabra right I you know I mean as far as doing a full episode and covering the history and sightings I do not think we have. Oh God, we got to do that. Yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah, yeah, because that's I mean I know we've talked about chupacabra before, but I I really don't think we've done a deep dive into it. We've probably done it on like one of those episodes where we talk about different creatures or whatever, but I I really don't think we've done a full one on that. So we should do that. There's tons of fucking UFO stuff um that goes on there so so there's this area in puerto rico the the el yonke national park and this this national park specifically and the area around it is known for having a lot of anomalous or, or weird strange supernatural whatever activity this includes chupacabra sightings in addition to chupacabra sightings there's also animal mutilations on local farms, cattle and goat mutilations. And some of these mutilations are blamed on chupacabra. Um, some of them are, are not. Strangely, the, uh, the, the similarity with, the, with regular livestock mutilations and chupacabra victims are that the animal is found dead and bloodless. It's always completely bloodless, you know, no, no spilled blood around, no blood in the animal, all blood has been drained. So it's the, the difference being that in the mutilation cases, obviously the animal was mutilated in some way where parts were removed and, and it's, it's pretty typical stuff, you know, the eyes, the, the sex organs, the lips, the tongue, um, for some reason, those seem to be the, the ones that are taken the most. But this area, it actually gained national attention when the federal government... Now, remember, this is Puerto Rico, so the the federal government is the United States government. And the United States government temporarily closed down El Yonke National Park in 1997. Um, the, The government claimed that they closed the park down because a hurricane destroyed the main road that was leading into the park. Uh, but the locals claim that the park was closed because there was an increase in UFO activity in the area. Um, there's a, there's a, or a, a news report 
that I found uh, archived on uh, through the the AP archive, where they actually had a news report from February eighth, nineteen ninety seven, and this the uh, I'll. We'll link this this video, but um, in the description of the video, they're nice enough to provide translations. So I'm going to kind of go through what the report was talking about and and give uh, do my best to make sense of some of these translations. Uh, you you know how it goes. It's it, sometimes when you get the translations, it's all disjointed and weird. So I'm gonna I'll I'll do my best to make sense of it, but. It's it's interesting that that this this you can still fucking watch this shit and it's you know all in Spanish and you're hearing the interviews from the witnesses as well as a UFO investigator named Jorge Martin and he was actually the one where the this goblin story that I'll be talking about later came from he he interviewed the witnesses himself nice. So um, the the original story was talking about how this park was closed down and the locals thought it was because of the UFOs. But Jorge Martin was one of the people that were, was interviewed in this. And he was talking about how people from the area are seeing an increase in UFOs. And a lot of them are taking on the appearance of huge flying discs that seem to be coming in and out of El Yunque National Park. And he said there have been witnesses that have seen a light that originates from a craft, and it seems to, through this light that's coming out of the craft, there have been strange creatures that have seen the benzene descending and ascending through through this light. And um, when they come down, they, they seem to just kind of disappear into the forest. A forest UFO. Yeah. Well, and, and this is a, a area. It's There's mountains in the area, um, including El, uh, El Yunque Mountain and Mount, I think, Mount Britain. And it's also a, a thick rainforest around there as well. But because of this increase in activity, Jorge Martin is is saying that this is the reason for the, the park being shut down. Because the excuse that was given to the public is that the road is destroyed. But they're seeing government vehicles going in and out of the park along this main road. So if they're able to go through the road... Is it really closed? Right. Or is it really destroyed? Right, right. And I mean, I guess you can make the argument maybe it's just destroyed as you get closer to the park, but anybody who tries to go into the park is stopped. They're prevented from going in, even if the even if it's on foot. They're not allowed in. Or, huh. or I, say, I say they weren't allowed in, because, again, this was 97. But then there was another witness who was interviewed named Tony Tirado. So he's got this fucking crazy ass story he heard one night he he lives near the national park and one night he heard his neighbor's dogs going nuts outside so he looks out his window and he sees these dogs taking off chasing after this small creature he said it was about three to four feet tall and it had wings and small arms and legs huh 
And as he was watching, he said there was this light that he, he, he said it didn't come in through the window. It crossed through his house's ceiling and illuminated the entire inside of his house as if he had turned all the lights on. Whoa. And this seeing this caused him to be very afraid. And then the light swept through and he lost sight of the creature and and the light was gone. Hmm. Yeah, it's and and that's remember when we were talking about um the Hudson Valley UFOs? Yeah. And that was one of the things that the witnesses said was that these lights were coming through the house. And I believe the uh the one oh fuck, I can't remember the city in Brazil, but the one where the UFOs were attacking people with the beams of light through the house. Yeah. Yeah, so that's it's interesting. He didn't report to have been burned or attacked in any way. He said he was just afraid, but still. Yeah. I wouldn't I fucking wouldn't like that either. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, cause, and he even said specifically all the lights in his house were off at that point in time, and this light just cut through the ceiling and illuminated the entire place. Man. Yeah. There was another witness uh, who was at the the nearby Laquilo Beach, and she said that she saw uh, this bright light that was, like, in the ocean. Or She said it covered... It was a big, bright light, and it covered the beach area of the ocean, like just this light. And she said it it had, the light itself had a saucer shape, and it was just covering, like just over this whole beach area, and then it disappeared. Huh. Did they, did they say uh, what color this light was, or? No, she just describes it as a big light. Just usually go with white when I hear that. Yeah, yeah, me too. Because typically if it's a colored light, people would be like, it was a red light or a green light. You Mm -hmm. know, if it's just like generic light, then it's fucking generic light. But in this area, there there was even um, a body of an alien that was allegedly recovered. And there's pictures of it. Um, It's from the the town of Salinas. Have you you seen this photo? Yeah, yeah. And it's... I mean, it's from the 90s for one, and for two, it just looks like, you know, there's, when you see a picture like that, it's, it's very easy to, to fake something like that. Mm-hmm. It, it could have very easily just been a foam rubber prop with a, with a really good paint job. It's, it's hard to say. And, uh, that, that, uh, alien was never, it was never confirmed whether or not it was real or a hoax. It just kind of faded faded out, like it was reported on and then just faded away. Hmm. Where did you go, alien body? Where did you go? Yeah. It, it, that makes me... I mean, I guess you could go one of two ways. For me, typically, something like that would make me think that it was a hoax. Um, but also, if it was real and there's a cover-up effort, then it would also make sense that it would just kind of disappear and fade away rather than being debunked. Plenty of investigators in Puerto Rico that probably pursued that and led nowhere. Yeah, and that's, and that's the thing. Like, what do you do? There's not all that much, 
you have these pictures and let's say, you know, you have someone investigating it or, or, you know, taking tissue samples or whatever, trying to do a sciencey, sciencey things to it to determine the authenticity. And then you just have fucking the, the government comes in and is like, no, we will take this and you will say nothing or we will discredit you and, and you will be a loser in the streets. And then science guy is like, oh shit, I don't want to be a loser in the streets, Mr. <laughs> government man. I, I will play the game. And they say, good, you can play that game. But the second you do anything, you're going to be shark food. And he's like, I don't want to be shark food. And uh, who knows if that guy's even alive now? Because really, the only way the only way to guarantee a secret is kept is if you make sure that secret can never be told. So, can't you just make me a regular loser? No, street loser for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So either you're gonna be a completely discredited, or you're going to be murderized. Those are your choices. Do you wanna do you wanna be street rat man, or do you wanna be <laughs> dead man? Choose your power. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. But it's just interesting that uh, there's so many UFO sightings in in Puerto Rico. And, and I know we've talked about, you know, just the sheer amount of, of sightings before. Uh, because there, there seemed it Puerto Rico itself, for some reason, seems to be a hot spot of UFO activity. Um, but the uh, El Yonke National Park seems to be like a hot spot within a hot spot. There's a there's people that think that it might even be, uh, if if not the national park, then then at least the mountains around it might be like an alien base or something, hmm. and and that's why there's so many sightings there. And when the sightings pick up, they they close the park down for maybe maybe it's for the citizens' protection. Maybe they're like, oh shit, they're on the move. Like we don't we don't need any. Uh, any abductions? I don't. Who knows? Who knows what the deal is with that? Mountain bases aren't an unheard of thing, right? Yeah, I mean, here we've we we had a witness to one, and then later found there's a whole book talking about this place, confirming his story, which is fucking wild. <laughs> so wild, man, and like. You know, he tells this story at the time he's telling the story. We have no idea what this thing is. Then I come to find out it's the fucking doomsday station for the Pentagon. <laughs> In a doomsday scenario, that's that's where they're going is fucking Raven's Rock. It's wild, man. Could not believe that. Because it's not, not like I didn't believe the dude because he was, you know, he told me the story so many times and it was always the same. But, uh, you know... He, seeing that it's now declassified and that there's a book written about it and seeing what it's for, I'm like, holy fuck, dude, that's wild. And he he actually saw it when it was still classified. Unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. But um, getting back to Puerto Rican weirdness, um, this, this investigative journalist that I mentioned, Jorge Martin, um, he has been investigating UFOs since... 1975 and this particular story um was told to him by the witnesses who were edwin rodrigo castro uh his wife carmen delgado and their two daughters and uh, this this event 
happened in uh, November of 1979. So Edwin Castro, he owned a farm near El Yonque, but they actually lived, their, their primary residence was in Via Carolina, but they would frequently visit this farm. So what I'm, what I'm assuming is that he owned the farm and, and had uh, hired staff that would work the farm and he would go in and, and, you know, inspect the farm from time to time. Right. But the, uh, the initial, the, or inciting incident, I guess we could say happened in November, 1979. Um, and it actually happened. It, the, the incident started on the way to the property. Around 9.30 that night, Carmen was making her way to the farm along this rural road with her daughters in the car. Um, Edwin was already at the farm, and they were going to be meeting up. She was going to meet him there, basically. He, he went earlier. So they're driving down this rural road, and um, the way Carmen explains it is that this flying disc-shaped craft that was ringed with multicolored lights descended on her vehicle. And she said she, the way that it came down out of the sky, um, she got the feeling that it was kind of like, uh, almost like a cat that was about to pounce on, on some sort of like a mouse or a bird or whatever. Hmm. Like it just kind of came down out of the sky and it hovered over the top of her vehicle. And so she tried to lose it. She sped up and this thing matched her speed exactly, keeping right over the top of her car as she sped up. And the this craft started, like she said, she started to, to feel uh, an overwhelming sense of fear. But then her daughters freaked out and started acting hysterically. And they were screaming at, at her that they had to get out of there and and for some reason they were they were yelling at the, at Carmen and saying that the Martians were going to take them so um you know whether whether this was just like fear at what they were seeing and assuming that this was aliens or or there was something else involved i don't know but they were just losing their shit and it, and one of them even got into such a state of panic that in addition to screaming at her mother, she started grabbing at her and even scratched her neck, begging her to to get them out of there. So while her daughters are all freaking out, she's trying her best to maintain her own fear and, you know, continue to, to drive and, and do her best to try to evade this thing. But, I mean, really think about it. You're in a car and you've got this thing flying over the top of you, what are you really going to do to evade it? There's not much you can do. So she just fucking gunned it and started honking on her horn. That's that's all that she could think of doing in a, a in an effort to try to discourage this thing from following over the top of them. And she's doing this all the way down the road, and this thing followed them all the way to the family farm. And when they... When they finally got to the family farm, Edwin was waiting outside for them, and they all watched this UFO fly over the car once the car stopped, fly over the property, and they watched it merge, or 
fly into the side of this nearby mountain. And they say, they say merge because they didn't see anything open up in the mountain. They just saw this thing fly into the mountain and disappear. Do we know what time of day this took place? 9.30 at night. 9.30 at night. So they could have just not seen it, right? It could have been dark, too dark. Yeah, but, but like I said, the craft was was surrounded by multicolored lights. And they didn't see, like, they didn't see the lights expose any hole. It looked like it just flew into the side of the mountain, they said. Another phasing incident. Yeah, yeah. Or maybe like a, a hologram is covering the entrance. It's Ooh, a secret entrance. That's cool. I like it. Yeah, it's very uh very much like a sci-fi sort of thing. But also, if that's the case, it would also fall in line with um the the trickster hypothesis that it's some sort of trickster entity and it's not actually aliens. You know, tricksters are always using deception and illusions. Like David Blaine, <laughs> the David Copperfield of the stars, is can can we confirm whether or not David Blaine is actually a goblin? I mean, uh, I wouldn't be is surprised. It a possibility? Yes, it is. Okay, so maybe maybe David Blaine's again. I I don't want to cast aspersions on his character, but you know maybe he is a mystical goblin creature. Who's to say? That's how he does his magical feats. Yeah, yeah. He's able to suspend his body in ice for fucking 12 years or whatever he does. Or sit on a fucking rooftop with a pole up his ass for a week. (laughs) He does some wacky shit, man. But legitimately, I I saw him swat a fly and then bring it back to life. And he's a fucking necromancer, too. (laughs) <laughs> he's a goblin necromancer that's what he is oh shit he's straight out of Diablo 3 <laughs> yep yep I guarantee at home he's got a bunch of undead minions that <laughs> serve him fucking breakfast and make his bed and shit <laughs> the the ghouls of David Blaine <laughs> yeah so we're on to you David Blaine We know your secrets, you (laughs) son of a bitch. We're exposing you. Yeah. So if if we end up disappeared sometime, it's because David Blaine heard this and he knows that we're on to him. Oh, my God. 17 people know my secret. Yeah. Yeah. Can't have that. So we're going to disappear. We're going to be there's going to come a time he's going to he's going to ask for a volunteer, quote unquote. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and and we're going to get pushed out on stage. What you guys don't see is that behind the curtains, there's a legion of fucking zombies ready to rip us apart if we don't go out on stage. So then we go out on stage and he makes us disappear. But really, he didn't make us disappear. Really, he, he fucking sent us to another dimension and he's going to pull us back. It's going to be like the fucking obfuscation video by Between the Buried and Me. Oh my God, please no. Yeah, that's that's our fate, Mateo. Oh my God! Yeah, and so anybody who hasn't seen that video, you you need to see it because it's fucking terrifying. It's terrifying, it, even if it's not your uh, jam of uh, your style of music, your you know your shit. 
mute it and watch the video and then uh, yeah never although i i say don't mute it because i think everybody should listen to between the barrier to me so don't mute it yeah well yeah of course it's yeah one of the best bands ever but you don't yeah but if even if you're just like that shit's just really not my bag this is uh you'll never video is worth it yeah you'll never participate in any magic show for the rest of your life yeah it's so scary plus there's men in black in it which is awesome yeah yeah yeah, so that that's our fate. We get to, uh, you know, he's going to pull us back eventually, and we're going to be fucking vegetables that piss themselves. So While our minds trapped in dark forest being chased by hooded monsters. Yeah, that's, that's what we have to look forward to, Mateo. And it's all because we exposed goddamn David Blaine as a necromantic goblin. We will recant for the, uh, for the trait of our... Our lives. <laughs> yes. Don't turn me into a pissing vegetable and I will tell the world whatever you want, David Blaine. I will say, I know I met David Blaine and I was completely wrong about him. He is not a necromancer goblin. He is actually a wonderful man who enjoys badminton and baking muffins. And they're really good muffins, too. They're delightful. Just like his personality. <laughs> wonderful. What the fuck are you talking about, David Blaine? I said Billy Zane. Yeah, fucking Billy Zane. We saw Demon Knight. We're on to you, Billy Zane. None of that, that was wasn't spe- fiction. No, that was none of that was special effects. That was his conjuring powers. Yes, that was him. That was really him. They just it. it people don't know that it, it's a fucking documentary. Yeah, and in that case, we're fans, Mister Mister Billy Zane. Yeah, yes, we take back everything we just said, Billy Zane, and and also I love Titanic. Yes. I've seen it all of the times. I've never seen it in my life. <laughs> I've seen it so many times that I can recite only your lines, though, because fuck Leonardo DiCaprio, Billy Zane. You're, you're, Billy Zane, you should still be making movies. You should, you should be making movies with Brad Pitt, not Leonardo DiCaprio. He, he still does stuff. He's got a, I saw something, he had a big old great beard. It was awesome. See, he, I apologize. I, I, I did know that Billy Zane. I'm the biggest. I'm the president of the Billy Zane fan club. Uh, so please don't summon demons to attack my house because I do not have the blood of Christ. <laughs> <sighs> all right. With with all that bullshit out of the way, let's get back to this fucking story. <laughs> God, what a fucking what a left turn that was. That almost went apart. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway. After they see this thing merge, they are obviously the 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 two girls and their mom are are pretty shaken up because of you know this thing was trailing them and and obviously old Edwin is like has his mind blown because what the fuck was that? So they stay at the farm that night. The next morning they left and went back to their home at Via Carolina. That night. The entire family woke up to what they described as beautiful music that sounded like it was coming from a flute-like instrument that was emanating from their backyard. All right, I like it, I like it. So the the family all, you know, they all wake up, they're all hearing it, and they make the decision to get together and go to the back of the house which one of the it's one of the daughter's bedrooms was in the back of the house and it had a window that was facing the backyard 
And from this window is where the music could be heard the clearest. So they gather here, they gather in the room, um, and the music continues playing on. Finally, they build up the courage to look out the window and see if they can see where this, because the music sounds like it's coming from their backyard. And while the music is beautiful, it's kind of unnerving because why, why is someone in our backyard playing a flute in the middle of the night when we're all sleeping? So they look out the window and they see this strange little figure that they refer to as a goblin. And it was standing on top of an electrical transformer box that had been put in their backyard by a utility company. And it was just standing there on top of this box, looking directly at them through the window. It, they described it as being three and a half feet tall. It was dressed in a green uniform that appeared to be similar to a military suit. Um, but it appeared to be, even though it was green, it appeared to be iridescent. And he wore this big, wide, dark belt around his midsection. And he had boots uh, that came to a point, And his pants were tucked into the boots. And he wore this hat that they said was similar in shape to a fireman's helmet. Like it had a peaked top with a type of like rim around it. But the peak on it was shaped like like the top of a fireman's hat. But they, they referred to it specifically as a hat and not a helmet. Okay. So, yeah, so I, I don't know if it was just a hat that looked like a fireman's helmet or, or I, I don't know what the deal is. Please tell but me they, there's one of these classic hand-drawn witness pictures of this thing. Um, Jorge Martin did do, he did uh, draw, he himself drew a picture of it based on his conversation with them. Nice. Yeah. Um, they also said that this thing had pointed ears, but they were small ears. They weren't big ears like the, the other goblins that were. So to me, it seems more like, you know, like elf ears rather than like gremlin ears. All right. And its eyes were glowing and they had an almost hypnotic quality to them. And because it was the middle of the night, they weren't able to really tell the skin color, but they said it looked like it was darker, like a darker color, and they thought maybe it was like a grayish color. Grayish color with the green suit, right? Right. Okay. Yep. Yep. And so they, they stood there watching the creature, and the creature stood completely still just staring back at them. And obviously this caused the, the young girls to start freaking out because what the fuck is this thing looking at them with glowing eyes? So they started screaming and it still just stood there, made no, didn't, didn't move, didn't make a sound, didn't attempt any sort of communication. And then Edwin decided to run outside and try to confront it. And once he ran outside, the goblin man just took off really quickly and seemingly disappeared into the darkness. Oh, I wonder if it like ran away or flew off like a doll on a robe or something. Yeah, I don't know. They they said it just it moved very fast and just disappeared. Hmm. But it was only once he left the house to go confront it that it ran away. Hmm. It didn't want none like the Hopkinsville goblins did. 
Yeah, the Hopkinsville Goblin's like, what are you going to do, shoot me? <laughs> Ting. I'm just going to get right back up and look through your window. That still is like the most unnerving thing to me is the fact that they were peeking through the windows and the people inside were so freaked out that they were firing fucking shotguns in their house. Yeah, I remember reading uh, an article about it when it happened and they said that house was virtually destroyed. And it wasn't it like a over like an hour, almost two hour battle with these things? And no, I think it was even longer than that. I'm, I'm pretty sure it lasted most of the night. Damn, that's nuts. And they, but yeah, the, when the cops came to investigate, they they confirmed that there were fucking shotgun blasts that blew out the windows and that there were uh, evidence of shotgun blasts on the wall. Man. Yeah. So, I mean, just imagine the level of fear you've got to be at to to open fire with a shotgun inside your home. Right. Yeah. You know, like you're not going to be trying to blast out the windows if a barn owl's at your window <laughs> unless you know better <laughs> and there's a bunch of kids there too that's i mean why yeah, why yeah which which also you're you, yeah you're not firing shotguns in the house with children around <laughs> unless goddamn jason Voorhees is in there yeah i mean that's a long time that's not that's not a group of people hallucinating the same thing for hours yeah and again the the the, the barn owl theory just doesn't hold up there like, I could understand if, if the witnesses saw one thing, you know, like, like oh, we, we saw something look in the window and it was fucking, it didn't look normal. I'd be like, okay, sure, that was a barn owl. But not only was this thing looking in the window, they saw multiple of these things floating across their yard. They fucking shot them. They went down and then came back up. You're not going to shoot a fucking barn owl and it's it's you shoot a barn owl with a gun it's not getting back up. Yeah, if you shoot a, a barn owl with a shotgun there's not going to be much left of it. Yeah. Exactly. Hmm. But with with this case the the thing disappeared. They they didn't it didn't even make an attempt to to really do anything. It was like it it seemed like the figure wanted to be seen though. You know, like the it played the music in the middle of the night, woke him up, and then stood on top of this utility box so that there was no question it was out there. And it lured them to the back window and just stood there looking at them, just brazenly out in the open with glowing eyes like, like it was intending for them to see it. And then it just disappeared. And then so the family gathered... They they went to their neighbors, all freaked out, and the entire family with neighbors began looking around the area, but found no evidence whatsoever of any sort of being or, you know, creature, whatever. Hmm, that's, a, that's an interesting choice of words you use there, lured them to the, that's because that's what it sounded like. Yeah, yeah, and that and that's why I say it seems more in line with, with fairy lore, because it's a lot of times these these trickster entities will use music or um we've talked about how they'll use the sound of crying babies or people screaming for for help to try to lure people out into the wilderness so while this this particular this the second event wasn't in the wilderness um 
it it does very much seem like it was luring them there. And what they figure, based on what they experienced the night before, is that this being was, you know, part of the crew or, you know, whatever you want to call it. This being had ties to the craft that they saw the night before. And they thought that because this thing had basically followed them to the farm and then they witnessed it fly into the mountain that this thing was tracking them for whatever reason and like was that a warning to them was did it show up as like confirmation that there's weirdness going on like the whole that encounter just seems very weird to me because there there wasn't any real reason for it like it it played the music and then they saw it and it just stood there until somebody went outside and then it took off and usually with these cases like the 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 fairy cases or the trickster cases when they're using lures you know some form of deception whether it be music or crying or screaming or whatever it's usually intended to lure the person where they are then depending on on which entity they're facing or which which uh fairy tradition you're going with either eat the person or bring them into the fairy world where they'll try to entrap them in the in the fairy world um the most famous version of that is the the siren song where the the sirens would sing and lure the sailors and then they they would eat the sailors um, but it, it happens with with traditional fairy lore a lot too, where there there'll be the music, and they'll try to get a person to dance with them to the music, and then they'll you know it'll feel like a night of dancing to them and having a party and everything, and then they leave and they find out years have gone by, and they they were lured by this music and basically they were dancing in fairyland for years, and then they get find their way back sometimes they don't sometimes they're gone but the music that was the strange flute music has also been reported um being heard on el yonke mountain also heard on mount britain and it's also been heard within the surrounding rainforest and there's there hasn't been any explanation for for its source or origin that's crazy the same flute music? Yeah, just this weird kind of beautiful, ethereal, fluty type music. Do you think that's a, 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 a cursor to that little guy being around still? I don't know. Cause be, and that's the other thing. Like, they saw him, but they didn't see him, like, holding anything. Like, no musical instrument or anything. So where's the music come from? And you know it's also weird? Kind of kind of unrelated but but kind of related the the dick face aliens or dick nose aliens, you know the ones with all the dicks on their face <laughs> um the area where they were spotted there's also beautiful ethereal flu- flute music that is somewhat regularly reported in that area as well no way yeah huh yeah so it's it's kind of a, a neat connection. Right, and I was thinking about how the Buffalo Ranch stuff, how music was being blasted. Yeah, yeah. 
yeah it's it it does seem like it's a sort of connection to the, to the trickster stuff and the fairy lore and i swear man like the 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 more the longer we do this the more i think that it's fucking whatever was behind fairy lore back in the middle ages is still around and that's what we call cryptids and aliens now it's the same fucking thing we just have a different context that we're giving it right new names yeah yeah you gotta you gotta evolve with the technology i suppose they can't possibly be fairies anymore they're fucking aliens from another planet dude but it's i mean that it's all so similar like we we attribute crop circles to aliens even though there's really no there's really nothing linking them to aliens but we we attribute them to aliens just like in the past they were attributed to fairies or the devil <laughs> or wizards or fucking all of the above fairy devil wizards <laughs> so i don't know man like this this it's just one of those weird cases and um i have i have a, we always talk about how we love the one off cases and and i fucking love goblin cases and this one is just it's very different from the typical goblin case and it, and it seems it seems like this little guy had some sort of agenda but what that agenda was is not clear i don't know right and the the whole flute music i mean if anybody's heard a flute played live in front of him i mean i, I just couldn't imagine hearing that coming from my backyard that would be that would be terrifying enough and then to see some little floaty guy in a suit <laughs> hanging out back there god yeah but just i can i just I'm, i can imagine hearing the music and approaching the backyard and it getting louder and louder and more clear fucking scary yeah yeah and that's why just just a little uh quick inside knowledge or inside talk for you guys a little background on on what goes on here when we were first starting the show i got a little freaked out because i turned all my stuff on and threw my microphone um, I heard a tapping noise and I faintly heard what sounded like somebody singing and there's no explanation for it. I don't know what the fuck it was, but freaked me out a little bit because here I am talking about music luring someone and stupid oh, me. I went God. looking for the fucking music source too. Oh, you what did. A I did too. <laughs> I came back though. You did. Or did I? Yeah. Who came back? Yeah. Who came back? Tell me. I'm I'm actually I'm actually a barn owl. No. This I'm a barn owl with the ability of a parrot talking exactly like Mike for fucking <laughs> forty five minutes. Yeah, you guys don't hear it, but Mike warms up with like brack, brack, oh, yeah. uh, I'm who yeah. who <laughs> <clears throat> I meant aliens, yes. Aliens. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Whatcast. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, iTunes, and YouTube. Enjoy the podcast. Get yourself a Whatcast t-shirt or a sticker pack. Who was that dude on that one episode? Try the links in Homie's page. All this and more can be found at www.thewhatcasters.com. Thanks again for listening and have a great week.
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.